have given me everything I needed according to your riches and the plans that form my life. They are for blessings, not for curses. So I render unto you all the glory you Lessons from Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. We welcome you to our worship service and pray that your life will be richly blessed from this broadcast. Each Sabbath morning, you may listen in with us at station KKVV, where our services are held at 1720 North J Street, Las Vegas, Nevada. You may also view us at our, by our website at www.abundantlifelv.org. 
The contact number is 702-647-2627. Our pastor is Russell Lewars. Our associate pastor is Johnny Holliday, and the first elder is Clarence Brown. This morning, our very own Pastor Lee Wars will be bringing us a topic entitled, A Lot of Drama. A Lot of Drama. So please stay with us and pray with us as we invite the Holy Spirit into this place. After the following selection, the next voice you will hear is that of Pastor Russell Lee Wars. Hear ye him.
suspect that God should be smiling down at us today <laughs> and the angels must be looking attentively at us as we offer our praise to God revelation tells us that the angels at every given moment are praising God saying holy 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 Lord God Almighty I know you have a lot to give God thanks for today can you say amen, amen. has God been good to you amen. Uh, I don't sound like you believe that has God been truly good to you amen. every time I'm at a funeral I give God thanks because it's not that I am invincible, but because of his goodness that I've been afforded another opportunity to say yes to him, to praise him. God is in the building. Can you say amen? amen. And thank you, youth choir, for blessing us. Ah, I was, I was amazing. Thank you for allowing God to use you to bless us with your gifts. We ought to use our gifts, amen? amen? I like good news. And whenever somebody reaches a milestone like 50 years, 50 years, half a century, that's a good thing, amen? amen. <laughs> and somebody here celebrated 50 years. Not gonna put them on blast because I'm gonna get it after the sermon, so. Congratulations on your 50 years, and, 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 and we thank God for that. We thank God for that. If you see me after, I tell you who it is. Amen? <laughs> amen, amen. Turn your Bibles to Genesis, Genesis the 13th chapter. Genesis the 13th uh, chapter, and I'll be reading from... A special Bible, the original African Heritage Study Bible. 
All the people in here are up for dark hue, amen? Yes, special Bible right here. Genesis, the book of Genesis, the 13th chapter. And I want to read in your hearing, beginning with verse 7. King James Version. And the Bible says, And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelt then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. We be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I'll go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, the Bible says, and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zor. Verse 11, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. Verse 12, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to be in your presence today. In this very place, Holy Spirit, come by. Remove all distractions from us now, Father. Block the devil who wants to steal our blessing. And keep our minds focused on thee. For we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Our subject today is entitled, as you have seen it, heard it, a lot of drama, a lot of drama. Now certainly it is a play on words, a lot, talking about Lot's problem. We read earlier today from Genesis chapter 19, a very precarious situation. Bible tells us that angels visited Sodom and that the men of the city wanted to know them carnally. But Lot begged them and pleaded with them that they do not so wickedly, the King James Version says. But how does a man of God find himself within a city like Sodom. What do you do when you find yourself 
in a situation like Sodom. See, drama is no fun. Anybody here like drama? <laughs> Some drama we can't do anything about. You can't do anything about a hatred in the papers against the president. There's nothing you can do about that. You can't do anything about drama that's happening around you. But sometimes you can do something about the drama that, that you have a choice about. Now, now, when I talk about drama, I'm not talking about as in the movies. Can I say amen? I'm, I'm not talking about plays, etc. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about ridiculous situations that get blown out of proportion. No matter how long you have been in church, no matter how old you are, every now and then we find ways of adding unnecessary conflict to our relationships. Unnecessary conflict at work, at home, with our friends, and even in our family. Drama increases stress. Can you say amen? Yeah. <laughs> Ruins relationships. Distracts us from that which we need most in our lives. If we want to stress less, have better relationships, and make the most of the limited time we have on earth, we don't really need no drama in our lives. Life is too short to be dealing with drama. We need a drama-free experience, can you say amen? amen? Our passage before us deals with a lot of drama. How did this man, I say, how did he get himself to be, as Genesis chapter 19 says at the end of it, at the back end of it, how does he get to a point where he has an incestuous relationship with his very own daughters? How does this happen? Genesis chapter 13, you have to go back there. Sometimes you got to go back and look over your life. Sometimes you're in something that the answer is not right there, but you have to roll things over in your mind to see exactly where the train went off the tracks. So Genesis 13 gives us some clues so that we may avoid some drama in our lives. Lot's journey started with a decision, Steve. Started with a decision. The Bible says in Genesis 13, verse 10, look into your Bible, because I want you to see it for yourself. The Bible, as I read it, says, Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom. Lot had a problem with his eyes. He lifted up his eyes, he looked across, saw that the area was well watered, it was like the garden. You know, every now and then we feel that the grass is greener on the other side. <laughs> we, we don't appreciate things until we lose it 
at times. Sometimes we can't wait to get from under the protective care of those God has anointed and appointed to shepherd and care for us. Lot made a logical decision, but not a spiritual one. There is a difference, church family, with a logical decision and a spiritual one. A logical decision, for example, is, is, is for two uh, 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 adult, mature individuals to date. That's a logical thing. And let me be specific. A logical decision for two adults, a male and a female. Can you say amen? amen. <laughs> That's a logical decision for a male, mature male. Preferably with a little beard, amen? <laughs> amen. A mature male and a mature female to date and to court and to have a relationship. It's a natural thing, can you say amen? A logical thing. But it is a spiritual thing to ask God's direction before you start the relationship. Not after you decided what you want to do. There's a difference between a spiritual decision and a logical choice. A logical decision is not always a spiritual choice, but a spiritual decision is always the logical decision. You know, it was a mistake. Lot made a mistake. And mistakes can sometimes be corrected. Mistakes ought to be corrected, amen? When we mess up at home sometimes, when the Holy Spirit moves upon you, you are called to make an apology. Your head hangs down and you feel the Lord leading you and for you to say, I am sorry. And you get over it. Can you say amen? amen. But, but, but that's not the case that happened in this passage. We find that Lot, Lot having a problems with his eyes, he looked towards Sodom and suddenly an urge. There was an urge within him. Now Lot longed for Sodom. Uh, the Bible tells us in verse 12 that Lot, the Bible says, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. And then the Bible says, Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. So he looked over yonder. What do I see? I see watered areas. And then his desire was now to be over in Sodom. So what do you do next? You pitch your tent. Turn your house in the direction of the city. And that's exactly sometimes what happens to us. We have these uncontrollable appetites, appetites and desires within us. And sooner or later, if they don't go unchecked, they will lead us to pitch our tents toward Sodom. He looked toward Sodom. And then he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Every now and then, we lose our awe of God. We lose our reverence 
for God. Somehow, I don't know, we forget that God is sovereign and that God does what he wants to do and that God is not on a level with us. We can't bring God down to us. So every now and then we haven't lost our of God, we debate with him. We start a little bargaining uh, uh, with him. We negotiate with God. God, you know what? If you give me this, I will give you that. If you do this, I will do that. Lord, bless me with this project and I will dedicate my life unto you. So sometimes, having lost our awe, what we do, we start making excuses. We make excuses for, for doing the will of God. Oh, 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 it's not, it's not all that big. You've heard it before. As long as we keep it on the down low, nobody has to know. Just keep it in the closet. But you know, every now and then, the door of the closet pops off, you know. And your skeletons, they just fall out before your eyes and we become embarrassed. Excuses usually lead to compromise. And then what we have are some casualties. Casualties, casualties, broken hearts, broken relationships. When you pitch your tent towards Sodom, you are guaranteed drama. We are pitching our tents towards Sodom when we go to church for spiritual awakening, but go to the world for entertainment. We pitch our tents towards Sodom when we go to church for spiritual counsel, but go to the world for advice. When we go to church to be clothed by his righteousness, but we wear the rags of the world. When we get our message from the Bible, but our method from corporate, the corporate world. When we get our vision from the Bible, but our priorities are from the world. When we set our standards from the Bible, but our behavior from the flesh. When we want our children to live as Christians after we have educated them in the schools of the Romans. Lot liked the well-watered plains around him. He didn't plan to go to the sodomite barbecues. He didn't plan to drink the sodomite booze. He didn't plan to negotiate with the devil. When we negotiate the devil, we always lose. <laughs> you can never win with him. It may look pretty. It may look nice. It may smell good, it may be attractive on the outside, but you don't know what kind of mess is on the inside. So you ought not be surprised when we finally see Brother Lot living in Sodom. He hooked up his U-Haul vehicle and he packed up his things and he headed down to Sodom. And he dwelt there. You know, this is not an aha moment. It is what it is. You look towards Sodom. You long for Sodom. You pitch your tent towards Sodom. 
So the next best thing is that you move down to Sodom. Get to see the sights, the lights, the bright lights, and the entertainment. You want to, to get down closer to have a, an experience for yourself. But I want to tell you something. I found something this week in the book of uh, Evangelism, page 179. Listen as I read it. Quote, church, you ready? Listen. We are not to cringe and beg pardon of the world for telling them the truth. We should scorn concealment, unfurl your colors to meet the cause of men and angels. Let it be understood that Seventh-day Adventists can make no compromise. In your opinions and faith, there must not be the least appearance of waverings. The world has a right to know what to expect of us. But still you hear little sayings here and there. There's nothing really wrong. There's nothing really wrong with such and such. And we bargain with God again. I know God says in his word, but I think. God says, but I want. God says, but it is my desire. God says, you are mine. No, I'm going to do what I like with my body. This is my time, my place. Lot looked towards Sodom. He longed for Sodom. And then he was living in Sodom. The lure and the pull of the city weighed on him. But don't miss this. Don't, don't miss this. Sometimes we think it's the city's fault. We blame the city. Oh, if we had lived in another quiet city. Oh, if we lived in another city where the lights weren't so bright where the entertainment wasn't so fast, where it wasn't so flashy. The truth of the matter is that even if some of us moved into a monastery or, 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 or a jungle somewhere way out there or on the swamps down there somewhere in the bayou, we would still have problems in our lives. James chapter 1 verse 14 says, But every man or woman is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and he is enticed. The problem is really in our hearts and our minds. So move all the way out Midwest, same problem you got. Because you just moved with the problem. The problem is the brokenness in our hearts and our minds. The hatred that we have within us for other human beings. Where's the love that, that, that needs to be pouring out through our veins? And yet, we like to look for it from others and we don't give it. So a lot of the problem within his heart. Cities like Sodom and Gomorrah's will always be with us and will always appeal to us. The appeal of easy living, well-watered gardens, you see. Attractiveness, productiveness of the land appeal to him. The appeal of independence separated from Abram. He would now call the shots. He was his own big man. 
the appeal of excitement. Excitement, excitement, excitement. Always on the surface, drawing us, wooing us. Live shows and plays were available. He couldn't get that out in the suburbs. He had to go down into the city. But you know, you know, you know, like moth, a moth that is attracted to light. They love the light. You all know what a moth is, right? A moth loves the bright light, but that moth would not leave the bright light until it dies. And so every morning you go outside, you'll find these little moths dead. And you wonder why? Because they just can't help the thirst they have for the light. But there's something else that happened to Lot. You know, sometimes we can be so messed up, and I'm going to show you in the Word. We can be so messed up that even when light comes, when someone of experience, someone who has been through something, comes to you and share a way of escape, you can't see it. You don't care. You're blinded. You can't see what the person is saying to you. In fact, you will even turn your back on the individual. Curse them out. Tell them all sorts of things. Or they don't care for you. Or they don't love you. When deep within, the person is trying to share the truth with you, trying to bless you, but at the same time, simply because you are blinded by your own mess that you can't see the way of escape. Not only did, did Lot look over there, not only did he long for Sodom, not only uh, did, 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 did Lot live in Sodom, but Lot lingered in Sodom. I want to show you Genesis chapter 19, verse 16. The Bible says, and while he lingered, while he lingered, Lot lingered. Not only did he look, not only did he long, not only did he live there, but now he lingered. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, the Bible is clear. The Bible says right here that the angels had to drag him by the arm out of Sodom. The Lord himself came down and said to Lot, you got to leave town. We're going to burn this city to the ground. And Lot stood around there saying, I understand. Uh, our children, we need to go. We're right here. Uh, the city's going to, it's going to, fire's going to come from heaven. Um, but but uh, let, let's just um, uh, organize ourselves and, uh, hey, let us evaluate and see what God is trying to say to us. Maybe he doesn't mean that we should leave right away. When God says it's time to go, it's time to go. And here we have Lot. Lot is lingering. The Bible says the man laid hold upon his hand and dragged him and his wife upon the hand of his two daughters and led them out of the city. Sometimes our mess can, can be so much. We, 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 
We are so comfortable where we are in our mess that even when truth comes to us, we despise it. Sometimes we don't even know what is wrong from right anymore. They all look alike. And so God himself has to come and physically, literally, he was so desensitized that they would drag him out of Sodom. Lot heard the way of escape, but couldn't summon the power, the willpower to break free. And so because, because Lot lingered in, in Sodom, he lost his wife. Because he lingered, he lost his married daughters and sons-in-laws. Because he lingered, he lost the respect of his unmarried daughters. And just when it seemed like he would lose his own soul, God showed up for, 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 for Lot. God showed up just in time to rescue Lot from total destruction. How do you know, preacher? Well... I know because the word tells me so. 2 Peter 2. 2 Peter 2 tells me that there is hope for a lost soul today. You may have been out there longer than you anticipated. You may have gone further than you expected. Been longer than you intended. But God wants to rescue you today. 2 Peter 2, 7-8 says, And... Uh, he, who is that he? God rescued righteous Lot, greatly worn out and distressed by the wanton ways of the ungodly and lawless. For that just man living there among them tortured his righteous soul every day with what he saw and heard of their unlawful and wicked deeds. God rescued him. Doesn't matter what happened before. There may be a long list of hurt and pain in your life. You may have some battle scars and fresh wounds. As long, I can tell you, as long as my life ends with the words of, and God rescued me, it will be all right. It will be okay. My life would not, my living would not be in vain. Yes, drama may have been in your life. Yes, you may have, maybe you are going through some drama right now in your life. And tomorrow, you may have some drama in your life. But God wants to rescue you. God wants to save you. And he will do whatever it takes. It seemed that all was lost on the mountain for Lot. On the mountain, I'm done. On the mountain, Lot got drunk. Imagine being saved from ultimate destruction from Sodom. And then right after that, after the miracle, of that wonderful miracle, Lot on the mountain is intoxicated by his very own daughters. 
and then falls in a horrible situation again. And you would think, you know, you would think after reading the story and listening, you'd be like, Lot was lost. But you got to go to the New Testament. And thank God for Peter reminding us, telling us, it didn't end there for Lot. God saw something in Lot. He saw something special. Something that, that human eyes couldn't see. Because if you heard that story about Lot, that, that was it. Drunk, daughters, you'd be like sick to the stomach. But the Bible didn't leave it there. The Bible says God showed up. And God rescued Lot. And it doesn't take, it doesn't matter how long, I should say. How many times you fall, God, the Bible says, not me. The Bible says, God is willing to rescue you. I thought somebody would have praised God today. I thought somebody would have shouted, Amen. God wants to rescue someone today. But even further than that, it was on a mountain, you see, that it seemed that it was all over for Lot. But there was another mountain, one they call Mount Calvary, that my Lord and my Savior went there and gave his heart, poured himself out as a drink offering for all of us so that we would have an opportunity to live eternally. So there's hope for somebody today. Thank God it's not all over. So now we don't have any excuses. We can't blame mama and daddy. We can't say it's how we grew up. Or, or we were ill-treated when we were a child. Or it's the home we live in. We don't have any excuses now. Because Jesus has given us everything we need to make it over. Let's stand together. I want to give somebody <coughs> I want to give somebody an opportunity today to say yes. Yes to what? It's not a what, it's a who. I wonder, I'm thinking, that maybe, just maybe, somebody is here today, and you want to, you want to take a stand. What are you saying? I'll tell you. You're saying, look, I don't know how this is going to work out. But I want to make a commitment to Jesus. I want to try him today. I want to see if all of what the preacher is saying is true. 
I want to have that personal connection, personal experience. I want that for me. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. While they're playing and you're thinking, I'm going to ask the church to pray. Smile your heads. Pray. That's all I said. Pray. Are you here today? I want to talk to you straight up. <clears throat> the devil is not playing with us. I see it every day. He's not playing with you. Nor is he playing with me. And every time, every time you try to move forward to God, I can tell you the devil is going to try to block you. He's going to find every distraction in the book to keep you from Jesus. He's going to find every excuse, every logical, possible reason for you not to come to Jesus. Oh, you know some of the best ones. I need more time. I need to get things right in my life. Those are the famous ones. I need to get married first. I need some children first. I need to get my finances together first. I can't give up the Sabbath yet. He will find every, listen, he can't run out of excuses, I promise you. He has a book thick with excuses and he has one specially designed for you. So while the church is praying, I don't know, I'm standing right here and I want to pray with somebody today. Just excuse me, come through the aisle and come to the altar right now. That's what I'm saying. Come on down. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus right now. Come. Come on down. Don't waste time. Come. I'm standing right here. I know you're here. Come. Come to Jesus. Praise God. Come. Come to Jesus. Come on. Don't waste time, church. You praying? Oh, praise the Lord, brother. This is the real stuff. Ellen White tells me this is the best part of the message. The best part. When men and women, even boys and girls, make a conscious decision. Nobody forcing you. Nobody telling you you must do this. You must do it now. You know in your heart that you need to do it now. Not later. Not tomorrow. But today. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Can we sing that song? Do we know that song? Come to Jesus. Sing that song. Come to Jesus. You know it. Sing it. There it is. Come to Jesus. Come. Don't resist that Holy Spirit. I know he's working. You can't tell me he's not working on your heart. 
I know he's telling you, brother, sister, go on down. Say yes today, not tomorrow, not later. Today, come, come, come to Jesus. Come on. He bids you come. 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 That's it, sister. Come on. Church, say amen. Sing the song. Say, come to Jesus. Come on. Come to Jesus. Yes. Come to Jesus. I don't know the words to say to you. I can't convince you. Only the Holy Spirit can draw you. He says, I will draw all men unto me if I be lifted up. Lift up Jesus today, won't you? Sing the song. Sister Morris, go to the microphone and sing that song. Sing it. Just now. Come on, sister. There you go. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, I'm excited now. I'm excited now because, because the devil has lost some people today. I'm not saying if you don't come, your soul is lost. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you want to step out today like a conqueror, and say, say, I'm going to kick the devil in his tail. I'm, I'm going to turn my back on the devil. This is your moment. He Come. is able. Come on, he's he able. Is able. Come on, he's able. Just now. Come on, abundant life, he's able. Just now. I tell you. He is able. Come, Come to Jesus. He is able. He's able. Thank you, church. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not going to drag this out, really. Oh, Father, 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 Father. You know, I'm amazed. Father, I'm amazed that you would use the foolishness of the gospel to save humankind. That you would use simple words from the, the Bible to convict us of our sin. To convict us of our mess. And to save us. To bring life and transition and beauty of holiness into our lives. What a wonder-working God you are. Thank you, O oh God, for these souls that came down. You know... Why we are praying and I'm here. I don't know. Maybe you want to come. While our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, maybe you want to pray for somebody out there who is a family member who should be here, but is not here. And you know that they are not right with God. God wants that individual to be saved. Maybe you're feeling guilty. And you're saying, I failed you, God. Well, listen. 
Lot failed. The Bible told us he failed four times. And again, and almost lost his soul. But God came through for him and rescued him. Would you let God rescue you? Would you let God lift you up? Father, I want to thank you for these gems that said yes to you. They marched out here <laughs> knowing, oh God, that they'll be tempted again. Knowing that the enemy is going to attack them even more now. But they came. And Father, I want to let them know that greater is he that's you in them than he that is in the world. That it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. And so, Father, we know that you're going to make a way out of no way. That, Lord, you're going to do something awesome for these individuals. These are your people. Build a hedge around them. And then, Lord, I want to pray for those who know they perhaps should be down here, but they're not here. Father, keep working with them by way of your Holy Spirit. May they be restless, O oh God, until they say yes to you. O oh Father, save them. Bless uh, those of us in the church, O oh God, in abundant life. Bless us as a church family. As we seek to come together, to remain together, to be united. So we may keep the enemy out. Bless us to this end, we ask. In the mighty name of Jesus, let God's people say amen, amen and amen. Please remain standing for our benediction. Mighty God in heaven, we thank you for what our hearts have felt, what our ears have heard. And now, dear God, we pray that as we leave this place, uh, that this term benediction does not mean the end but the beginning. Father, as we leave this place, we ask that we will be witnesses for what we just heard. We will go out into the world and that we will share and tell of the goodness of God and tell of the salvation that's available to all. My Father, we pray that you will bless us as we leave this place, but we beg of you, never leave our presence. In Jesus' name, let everyone say amen. You may be seated. Thank you.